because <laughs> you never know which one's going to work. And it's a real drag when you don't. What? Yeah, yeah. Well, I lost the one I liked in uh, New Jersey when I was there. So you got to have a backup for the backup for the backup. Yes. So uh, thanks for everyone coming. to frame it in AA because that's where I came from and I, I found uh, I had a very good description of the problem through recovery. A really good description of the activity of the problem but not the real root of the problem. That's where there was something else was needed and then I heard an invitation around questioning the identification or the sense of being a self and just to see if that's so. Yeah. Before I had all the problems, I had been suffering under them for years, yeah, so, I mean, you get to see them, you don't, you can't put two and two together, but you get to see them, you know, exquisitely, really, and, um, but when I entertained uh, this message that I heard about that there is no real inherent, long-lasting, independent, separate entity, yeah, it's just a structure of mind, or let's <coughs> say a process of mind called selfing, and that process has set self as its center. Yeah? And so the story about life and all our relationships with everything that's appearing here is infused with that primary relationship that I'm Paul and everything else is other than Paul. Yeah? So I, I become the subject and everything I meet becomes the object to me. And even on a conceptual level and a philosophical level, let's say if someone presents the idea of enlightenment, it's seen to be a, an object or something that I can acquire as the subject, yeah? I give it, so what I, no matter, you know, when any time nothing is offered to me, it's made into something by what's receiving it, yes? So when Paul claims something, let's say enlightenment or awakening, it's going to be uh, an acquisition by the idea of being a self. It's going to be acquired or grafted on or had, and yet, the whole process of selfing is constrained by a dualistic split. Yeah? So when you believe that you did something to attain something, you will also believe that you can do something to lose it. Yeah? It's incredible. So nothing can be a long-lasting uh, or absolute state because you're taking the, yourself to be the long-lasting state. So everything else that comes my way is held in a split way. So if I go work hard and get somewhere and I really believe I did something to get it, I will also believe I can do something not to get it. And so this is one of the main constraints. And then the other very large constraint in this system of being the subject is time. Yeah? Because when you're, let's say there's uh, peace of mind to be enjoyed, your mind will be entertaining thoughts that it may not be able to be enjoyed later. Yeah? So you can't really be in peace because it's not a stable state, it's uh, an event that can be preceded and followed by other events. Yeah? So if I, get, if I really work hard and I sense a sense of peace, and then the mind claims it as I'm feeling this peace, then I will not feel that peace. And then that state, or that possibility of a state, becomes an experience I have. Yeah? Because the I, the selfing, becomes the, the, the stabilized state. Yeah? Not the other states of peace and love and all like that, which are not of time, but when we believe we have love and have peace, we invest it with time, yeah? 
So now peace becomes an experience, and every experience is, ends and begins, yeah? And so when it's beginning, your mind will be entertaining when it's going to end. And there's no way it can enjoy anything, in a sense, because it's always infused with time. Yeah. And time isn't a thing. Time is not a thing. There's nothing called time. It's an activity of mind, yeah? That activity of mind is one of the main aspects is this idea of time. So my whole thought system is infused or drenched in time. Yeah. So, like, if you're taking yourself to be a Paul, you know, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, uh, a being or a creature seemingly appearing in time, yeah, that Paul, every time he, let's say he wants to entertain being okay, the way he entertains is, I will be okay. It can never be seen as a state of okayness it seems as a, it's going to be uh, a consequence of me doing or not doing something, yeah? So there's a never a sense of okayness now. There's this hope that I will be okay. And that hope I will be okay reaffirms the fact that you seem not to be okay. It's just like the idea of being in the moment. People believe they can be out of the moment, and then it seems really attractive to get into the moment, yeah? There's tons of books about how to get into the moment. But if you could not possibly be out of the moment, where would there be a drive to get in it? Yeah? And that would really, being in the moment, is the entertaining. I can't possibly be out of a moment. That's the entertaining. That, that allows you to travel as if you're in the moment all the time. Yeah? Because it's taken out of time. I cannot possibly be out of the moment. And the same thing with self. So people are trying to get in what they can't possibly get out of, and people are trying to get out of self, which they cannot possibly be in. It's totally ass backwards. They can't, be, they can't be out of the moment, but they believe they can, so they're trying really hard to get in, and they cannot possibly be a self, they cannot possibly be in self as identified as that, yet believing that, they're trying to, constantly trying to get out. <laughs> so trying to get out is really being in. Yeah? Trying to get out is really being in. And in the other way, trying to be in is really get, is being out. It's the experience of being out is when you're really trying to get in. Yeah? If there would be, if there'd be a realization of something, then there would be an ease and a relaxation, and you realize you've never been in self, and you've never been out of a moment. <laughs> and that solution is timeless. It doesn't take any time to entertain. Yes? Because you're not entertaining it. As soon as there's the you, then you're thinking you're entertaining timelessness. That gives it time. That gives it fucking time. But if I'm not that you, yes, that's the timeless solution. Yeah? Because only the you is made of time. It's only about time. What that mind is, is timeless. So when you realize you're entertained, just start entertaining, you're not that you, yes, then it doesn't take any time for the realization. It's not even a realization, because that sounds like a thing. It's just accessing a never-ending flow. So I would say, there isn't anything called peace, but there's like peacing, you know? There's, there's uh, an ease and comfort traveling. It's not like a state that you make a, like a long-lasting experience. It's a state, yes? It's just a state. And when you access that state, it has those qualities of a state. It's not based on circumstances and situations. It outshines circumstances and situations. So the state overrides the influence that circumstances and situations has. 
but they can never override that if you're if you identified with a circumstance and a situation. You. What is this but a situation, a location, and it's a circumstance. Yeah. It's a manifestation. It's not a thing. It's just appearing. So, you try to get, try, instead of trying to experience timelessness, just realize you're not that which is made up of time. Yeah? If I'm not that, you may get a sense of the timelessness. And I'll tell you, when the solution starts downloading into manifestation through this possibility, sooner or later you'll get the sense of the timelessness of the solution. It's one of the first qualities you really get hit with because it doesn't take any time. Yeah? It seems like you were working on something that be fucked up for 30 years and one little pause, one timeless moment can just eradicate that whole story. And if it can be erased that quickly, was it actually even there? That's the feeling you start getting. Yeah? It actually isn't there. That's why it disappears so quickly. If it was real, it would take a while to disappear probably. It matters how much mass and quantity that. Yeah? But if it's not real, it disappears immediately. And in the disappearance of it immediately, you realize it was never there to begin with. It just has a flavor. It just starts, it starts downloading, and through the download, things that you could never conceptually get, never, never get them conceptually, never wrap your little conditional mind around, it starts leaking through the little template of conditional mind. Yeah? It starts leaking out. In other words, the download is bypassing yeah, this little horizontal linear like uh, program. Yeah, it's going vertical right through, and yet something receives it, and then when it when it receives those impressions, it starts expressing them in your own unique way. Yeah, the impressions of mind find expression through us, just like a, there was a deep mental group called alcoholism that was finding an incredible amount of expression through us before. We're almost like a vehicle or a conduit or a conveyor. We're not a, a substantial established thing. Yeah? We're just possibility. So when I was taken over by alcoholism, this possibility, then what it then expressed was a, a purely perfect alcoholic addict life yeah? for as long as this body stayed alive. Then something happened, there was a shift of mind, a psychic change, and now the same conveyor is expressing something different. Yeah? And it's just expressing, expressing, expressing. There's nothing, it's not happening to anyone and no one's doing it. Yeah? So, in a way, you see the movement of selfing is the claim. That's one of its big movements and always engaged in time. But selfing claims. So here's conscious contact. Yeah? Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. What's bringing us this experience is consciousness. Yeah? I don't mean the big conscious, just consciousness. There's an awareness, yeah? So you're aware of sensations moving through this, this apparatus and, you know, engaging, yeah? And you may not, I mean, they think it's all happening in the brain anyway. But there's a conscious contact that allows this to appear, yeah? Now the selfing arises and says, I'm the one who's in conscious contact. And that I isn't the I that's seeing, it's the body, which is a you, being identified as the seer, yeah? So you, everyone here is seeing, uh, right now, I is seeing. That's the exact, everyone's having the same experience. I'm seeing, yeah? Everyone, everyone, everyone in this room, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing. But in this, from this camera location, I'm seeing you, yeah? 
from that camera location, I seeing you. But when I, when the mental process checks this out, it, what does it call this you? It calls it me. Yeah? It forgets the eye. It forgets the eye. It can't vanish the eye, but it forgets the eye. And it gives the qualities of the eye to a, a you, and it calls it me. <laughs> and then <laughs> reams and reams of stories. Most of your stories aren't about any you, it's about a me, usually. Yeah. Engage with yous, but it's me that's the headliner. Everything indirectly or directly relates to the me. And if you see it, everyone is I seeing it. We'll use an I for whatever, you want to call it spirit or whatever, awareness. But there is, it's not a something, there is seeing, yeah? Yet the mental process, when it becomes aware of the seeing, it cannot hold it other than it, there must be a seer because of its subject-object duality, yeah? It can't just see pure subject and it can't see pure object. It sees subject-object, yes? But in this case, the subject it's taking itself to be is an object. Yeah. It's claiming the subjectivity as an act this body's doing. Yeah. So now the seeing is forgotten, even though it's being demonstrated every moment that you're here. Yeah. And now all the emphasis is on who's seeing, and it's me. Yeah. And then everything I see, everything that's felt, everything that's touched, everything that's tasted, everything that's thought, yeah, with the relationship, I'm the thinker, I'm the seer, I'm the feeler, I'm the taster, I'm the toucher. Now, what that I, that I captured by the you, I mean captured by the me, yeah, represents is tons of catacombs of conditioning and meaning and old ideas made up out of a mystical, magical space called time, past and future, yeah? So here, I'm seeing. I'm not aware of the seeing, and it's me that's seeing. Me Inject, injects a lot of meaning to the, what I'm seeing. A lot of meaning. And what I react to isn't the seeing, it's, it's the meaning that my mind gave the, to what was seen. Yeah? This is the transfer of an awareness of conscious contact to a mental interpretation. It's quick, yeah? but something's much quicker, which is timelessness. <laughs> and so if there's an entertaining timelessness, it's an eternity, that little pause that seems to be gone in a blink of an eye. You can't see it quick enough to catch it. Well, in, in timelessness, you'll see it. You'll see it. And what it will do is maybe, maybe hit you as I'm not that. I'm not that, which all of that is about uh, promoting. Yeah? I'm not that. I'm not that. It doesn't say what you are. There's no more, there's no need to turn around and start looking for what you are. There's just a recognition of the presentation of what I'm not. And in that act, that's seeing. Yeah. And I would say that's what we are, in a sense, is the seeing. What occurs is, though, when that is hit, and then the selfing claims it, you now go, okay, I'm not that, and then you start looking for what I am. Yeah. But who's looking for what I am is what's looking. And that's what you actually are looking for. St. Francis says, who's looking for it is what's looking. And that's what the you's looking for. That's why you can't find it, because it's what's looking. <laughs> it can't turn it into something other than itself. Yes? It can't throw it out of itself and make it an object that it's going to find. So I'm going to find my authentic self. Who's looking for the authentic self? 
I mean, if, if, if there's an authentic self to be found, that's not the authentic self. There's a primary self that's not, you don't want to call it, you want it to be authenticated by the looking for the authentic, uh, you know, <laughs> authentic self. That's its authentication, right? Oh, I must be that. I must be that which is looking for the authentic self. <laughs> how, could, how could I come upon the authentic self and take it to be me if I'm the one who found it? <laughs> you see? <laughs> self can't get out of self. That's the dilemma. You want to be there when it gets good. <laughs> it's the main drag. You really, the mind is itching to claim it. It really is. It's trying to claim it at all costs. It wants to write itself into the story about its own absence. It does. It really does. It's got a very strong inclination to be relevant. Yeah. That's why it claims. It has to claim because it doesn't have any relevance. Yeah. So it claims life and then it injects all that life that's presented at, with tons of meaning and it produces a relevance and it writes a story about itself as the star of this life. Yeah. It doesn't know that if you, it entertains separation, it's going to get a lot of unintended consequences by entertaining being special and separate. <laughs> it's going to really sorely miss the sense of being whatever, all there is, to be a special someone here. <laughs> and very few other special someones will recognize you as a special someone. And it's really pissing, it pisses the special someone off. <laughs> special in such a drive. Somebody here is going to recognize how cool I am. I know it one day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an incessant movement of seeking. Seeking relevance. Yeah. It doesn't seek to find. It seeks to be a seeker. Yeah. That's its relevance, is to be the seeker. It doesn't want to find, because if it actually sought the truth, that's the last place it want to find. Because if it ever found the truth, which it can't, there's no thing called the truth, it would be inherently totally absent at that moment. Because that's the case. So it has no intention of finding anything. It wants to be the seeker and the finder, but it doesn't want to find. Yeah. That's why you take something that's always so and always available and makes it a place I have to go through lifetimes to arrive at. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's injected so much time into this ever-present moment yeah, that needs no requirement or any, anything to access it. It's already, it's like the fish in the water, and now it makes it a huge, giant, noble path. For, you know, I'm going to have to purify. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How can you purify a body? You ever look at the intestinal insides? There's no way you're going to purify a body. It's putrid in there. Go to the sanitation department. Smell out a little refuse from this body activity. How's that going to be purified? What the hell are you trying to purify? If you're identified as a body, you must be trying to purify the body. How are you going to purify the body? It's like a processing plant. Shit, farts, everything. It's constantly, oh yes, I'm purified now. <laughs> Why are you trying to purify? Yeah. <laughs> It's so much faster. And then who tells you that's what you need to do? Who tells you that? What tells you that? Your head, yeah? 
Your head tells you how close you are to God or how far away you are from God. It's playing God all day, every day. Every day it's playing God. That's the activity of selfing. And in recovery it says, to me it's the biggest unspoken step. And the biggest unspoken step in the program is to quit playing God. It doesn't work. If you read the book and they, you start, they explain the dilemma, self-centeredness will kill you, this and that, for a couple of pages, then they go, okay, this is the how and why of it, meaning the third step. And it doesn't go to the main principle, which is the keystone to the archway to freedom, surrendering your will and life. It says, first, you've got to quit playing God. To me, that's the, that's the most important one. Because if you don't entertain that, when you quote-unquote do the third step, who's going to be doing it? Selfing's going to be doing it. And then you're going to have a power of your own understanding, which is going to be a very weak power. Maybe you'll get your parking space at the meeting, or maybe you have a month-long relationship that will work. But you're not going to, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a real radical uh, effect because it's totally contrived and controlled by self. Yeah, and the only thing that selfing really respects is a power greater than it. Yeah, but it casts on old God. So there you do, you do the third step. I've turned my will, my life over, and then you have a constant experience, and you hear it all in our community. I, I surrendered, but I took it back. I surrendered, but I took it back. I took my life back. It's sort of like, you know, a bag of candies a big bully gives a kid and then takes it, you know, the God of our own understanding is a very weak God. We keep taking our life back and then surrendering it and taking it back. I'd say you're the God in that situation. Yeah. But if you have a, an understanding of a, you're open to having a, a higher power of its own understanding, yes? To access a power of its own understanding, then it's going to reveal its understanding of itself, not yours. Yeah? And you can't, the I know that we use when every time we're the subject, we think we know a topic. I know that. I know that. Fucking have no clue usually. I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah? That is to totally thrown out of water. The, the mind state is like, a, like in Zen they say, a very high form of mind is I don't know. That I don't know is how you access that. And then you find out. You find out about that power instead of knowing about the power. Yeah? Knowing about the power neuters its effect. But by finding out, you get revelation upon revelation. And then there's a convincing in that. Yeah? Because it bypasses the dualistic thing that believes it can be really convinced and then it's unconvinced in about five minutes. Yeah? I've seen it so many times. But this is a convincing that's sort of a sober convincing. It's sort of, it's like got a foundation, it's got roots. And now this, this can allow you to travel lighter in all the circumstances and situations that life may bring about in you, yeah, for you. This, uh, that knowledge doesn't. I've seen a lot of people who thought they knew a philosophy, but when the shit hits the fan, it's nowhere to be found. This is like an all-terrain tire, yeah? You start entertaining this, it bypasses this little noggin, and it goes into an aspect of mind that can totally be sober and convinced. So you get to a point of surrendered, which means the little Indian giver act is gone. Yeah? The Indian, you're not taking it give take back. If you don't get me a date tonight, I'm back, taking it back. I'm taking my life back. And you know, that's that that gets dismissed. And now you're open up to a state, yeah, of surrendered. No matter what the mind or the thought system presents, yes? You're, you're able to see it as false evidence. 
And you, then you see what causes false evidence to appear real is quote-unquote you, self. Not what you are. What you are recognizes false evidence false, uh, as false evidence. What you're taking yourself to be is false evidence. So we can't discern what's true or false. Yeah? Because it's taking itself to be what... It's taking itself to be the I, and that's not true. So everything else, it has no discernment about false evidence, so it's constantly being swayed by false evidence. And if you're in recovery, where does it usually lead you? To the point of fuck it. When it brings you to a point of fuck it, then it has some really good solutions for you. Oh, let's get loaded or something like that. And then it finds that impression that was trying to convince you of something now can express. You've surrendered your will and life over to it. The alcoholism has taken you over and now you're just a vehicle for it to express. And you're going to be the one that has to clean up which my activity was not to clean up by avoiding it. <laughs> just run. Just keep running. And keep running. <laughs> but listen, seriously, if that quit playing God can be seen, just see what it is. When you wake up in the morning and you think you know what the day's going to be like, what's that but playing God? Yeah. Every time I meet someone I think I know, I never meet them anymore. I just see the same old, same old in my head. Yeah? I already cataloged them. I know them. I know them. I know them. And there's no surprise anymore. It's not like when you were a kid. You know when you, like, you go to the beach and you take a Labrador there? You can throw that ball 800 times, and each time is going to be just as much fun as the first time. He's, and he won't stop, or she won't stop until you give up. I mean, it'll just keep doing it. And then kids... They'll come in a room and you'll be hiding in the corner and you go, what? And they go, ah! They'll do it 40 times in a row. They don't go, oh, I've seen this. I'm bored. Fuck it. I've been doing this. Fuck this. This is the same. I mean, we've entered a state of incredible boredom. You know? Jesus. Because we think we know. We think we know what's going on here. It's insane. So I don't know. I found when I gave up... See... This whole idea of selfing is framing everything. So you don't think you can throw a God in there? Of course you can. You can make a God of its own understanding. Easy, easy, easy. You can dress it up in a Buddhist way, a non-God, an Advaita way, a non-duality, whatever. You can dress it up any way. But in its relationship to that, it's a thing. God's a thing. Buddha's a thing. Non-duality's a thing. Yeah, it's an object. And then we're trying to acquire that object to give an advantage to the subject instead of just seeing the subject as a pseudo one. Yeah? It's actually an object. And then there's, then there's a sense of subjectivity. You get a sense of the, the seeing nothing, the, uh, the space or the presence, and it will start having an effect here on disappearance. You'll start traveling lighter. And you'll know it like Jesus supposedly said... Uh, Let's see, that lady isn't weird. Jesus said, you'll know the tree by the fruit. Yeah? You can't see presence. Yeah? You can't see no-thingness. You can't see awareness. But you can see its effects through this. The impression can manifest through this and become an expression. And by you'll see, you'll know the tree by the fruits. You'll know it. You don't, maybe you like to read scriptures, but you won't be looking for any verification anywhere. You won't be looking at outside false authorities. You'll know it in your own gut. Yeah? It's just a recognition. Aha. Like for me, it was like an unspoken yes. It was a done deal. Aha. Yeah. Shit. It's 
And then that mind that was in this mental yogic posture of self, you know, this was the only posture it practiced every day. <laughs> the only asana it ever was in was this. It sort of came out to answer the invitation. Who is this? Though? And in that, by it coming out, I knew it. Yeah? I, I, not I, but there was a sense. There was an intimation of it. Yeah? And that intimation, in a way, is, has a more profound effect than anything you've ever seen here through the eyes. Yeah? It intimates and then, really, you start valuing no-thingness, in a way, a lot more than you used to value thingness. And then the preoccupation with things that was the foreground moves, and then the no-thingness moves to the foreground. And then you sense a presence, you sense the space, no matter what seems to be going on. You know? Every, I was going through this health problem this week, you know, sort of nasty. I thought I was going to pass away a couple of times. And so, but every, every moment, all that activity, you know, and the stage was happening, there was this unbelievable, ever-present seeing, yeah? Just no blinking, no changing, not going, oh, I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> it was just on, 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 on. This... The day I had this moment of clarity when I first got sober... I was in this trailer park with somebody drinking Royal Gate vodka, as you heard. Yeah? And uh, something happened, this portal opened up and something downloaded, and it was sufficient or something stopped the selfing. And it had been going on for so long, I didn't know it could stop, yeah? That constant seeking and chattering and opinionating, what I'm claiming, and yet it stopped for about a minute or two. And in that moment, I realized what I am, in a sense, that stopped, but something continued. Yeah? Something was there when what I took myself to be stopped. Yeah? And it didn't leave. The selfing disappeared, but not that. Yeah? I mean, with that, what would you, where would you tend to lean yeah? to what was always so when what you thought took yourself to be stopped? What continued? I would say that's more you than what we're taking ourselves to be. Yeah? And that can do it for you. Yeah? Once, the, once you see the seeing is prior, if you want to put it into time, prior to you, and that the you, no matter how much it claims being the seer and the thinker and the feeler and that, will never get behind the seeing. It can never make the seeing a verb that it's doing. The seeing is watching all of that. Yeah? The seeing is watching this, just like this is watching Deb. Yeah? The seeing can never be preceded by what's seen. Yeah? And the seeing is seeing this. Yeah? This is what's seen, and it's never going to precede the seeing. Like a great master, Hoang Po in Zen said, Whatever can be perceived cannot perceive. Yeah? So this thing that I take myself to be, and even if you believe you're a soul or this and that, it's so wedded with the body. Give me a break. The only way you have a recognition that you're even here is the body, because you're aware of it. Yeah? To start, it's, you know, I'm in a body, I have a body. I'm telling you, the mind is entrenched in identification as body. Yeah? I, entrenched in it. 
So when that I is claimed to be me, and it's actually a you, yes? Then the story of life starts from this, going out, yeah? And now when my attention and interest goes out, it meets things, and then it takes what I met, brings it back, but what it brings it back to is this, yeah? It's like attention goes this two ways. It goes this and this way, yeah, in a sense. It doesn't go this way, it's all, you know, but let's get the feeling of it. So my attention is seeing a thing, and then, then there's the claiming of that seeing, and now I'm the one who's seeing the thing. So the attention and interest, instead of just going smoothly back into what's seeing, it hits this little billboard painted over the, the mirror, and it hits, and it's me, yeah? And so everything I meet during a day, it's always me that met it. Yeah, after the claiming. This is insane. It's so much magnification of self-centeredness. It's like living under a magnifying glass. Yeah? Thousands of things I see, but there's only one me seeing it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then the thoughts are the most. That really flips me out, because people can't even shit when they want to. Really, can they? I mean, I've been on trains in India where I did not want to shit, because I looked at I did not want to go into that bathroom. But I had a shit. I mean, it was a total imperative, yeah? And yet, when I did it, it looked like I did it, yeah? Because the thing came out of this thing, and I was claiming it. And so it, it seemed to be a logical claiming. Yeah, I'm the, I sh that's my shit, yeah? All right, I can go with that. That could be easily misconstrued here. But now, you have another s process of this brain body, which is thinking, yeah? And yet, we're in relationships to thoughts after the seeing of them as the thinker of them, or, as the, or that they're about me. That's unbelievable leap, yeah? You, don't, you can't even see thoughts. You can see the shit in the toilet bowl, but you can't even see thoughts, and yet you're holding each thought as you're the thinker of it. You did it. <laughs> and then, so you claim every thought and the thought becomes my thought, and I'll tell you, you want to see a metamorphosis from a thought to a my thought? Thought, eh, they come and go, yes? My thought, woo! They start orbiting around the planet Paul, yeah? <laughs> and then I want to get freedom from my thoughts, but you're the gravitational pull. You're what's keeping them in place by the claiming of them, yeah? The claiming of the thoughts give them a whole different meaning and a whole different agenda. Yes? Sometimes thoughts can be informative and everything. You get some nice downloads. But these thoughts are usually enslaved to the story of you. Yeah? And they're chock full of time. So what happens is we're here. This is manifesting, yes? We're all here now in this room. Seeming, let's say, you know, we're not that, but let's just the body. Yeah? So this here. Then there's the unmanifest here, let's call that space, yeah, space that we're all seemingly in. And then there's the mental here, yeah? Now the manifest here and the mental here, the mental here is working on the same here as the manifest here, but it's not, it doesn't get the sense of now or here, yeah? Because in this moment there's only now and here, there's not a there, is there? Only in mind is there a there to this place. Right now in our experience it's here, Yes, and now. But up in the mental realm, that here and now is there and then. Yeah? It has tons of meaning are given to this here and now, and all the meanings are rolled in this concept of time. 
So you have a lot of past meanings which are projecting a future anxiety. Yeah? And so I found for me as an addict, what I wanted to get out of wasn't here, it was the mental here. But I was taking the mental here to be here. Yeah? Which I can't get out of. <laughs> so I was trying to get out of what I can't be in. And I was trying to get into what I can't, I mean, yeah, I can in and out, out and in again, yeah? So, let's say, so in the mental here, what's occupying you? What's not happening, yeah? But it's taken to be now, isn't it? And it can override this now. You're not engaging in the conscious contact here. You're engaging in a mental interpretation, which is chock full of there and then. And so your mind gets occupied because it sees you as a body, yeah, it's fixed you as an object and it places you somewhere else at some other time all day. So when I'm here, when I'm in the mental here, I want to get fucking out of it. That's what I wanted. I didn't realize that the manifest here was my solution. Yeah? Because I was calling the, the, the mental here here and I wanted to get out of here at all costs. Yeah? But it wasn't here, that's why I could never escape. Could never escape from an imaginary place. You can't escape from an imaginary place. You can't have a solution to an imaginary problem. You can't make something that's not so, not so. Yeah? By trying to make it not so, you make it so to you. Yeah? There's just a sense of recognition. Here and now, this here and now, doesn't have a bookend of time. It's not chock full of memories about other years and nows, and, and also concerns about future years and nows. It's just beautifully here and now, yeah? And in that attraction, when mind gets attracted to this, in this little place of only here and now, it opens up incredibly expansive. When it's in that expansive place of the mental realm, which has tons of past and future, it gets super small. Yeah? When you go here, just here, it's ex super expansive. When you go into this mental here, that's incredibly, seemingly large realm of past and future, it gets very, 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 very small. And the solution is, there's no you to get in here, or no you to get out of there. When there's a recognition there is not a you, then you'll, everything becomes very clear. Yeah? You see what cannot possibly get out of because it's not. There's no way it could be in. It's not. It's an imaginary problem. That's the only solution. Just like the only solution to what's not happening is seeing that it's not happening. Once you see it's not happening, what more do you need to do? Get therapy for what's not happening? Shit, you'll be on therapy for 50 years because there's a lot of what's not happening up there. But if I see it, hey, it's not happening. Immediate, a timeless solution. A timeless solution. The download is so quick, it was there before you became aware of it. Yeah? It's just a, a download of it. Yeah? You're like shocked into where you've always been, like all day. And in that uncertainty, in that not knowing, that's the real security. You find that's the true place to rest, is in that insecurity of not knowing. Yeah? Because what you find out is more worth more than anything you've ever known. Anything you've ever known pales in uh, contrast to what you find out.
and you don't have to wait for this to agree with you. Yeah? If you're waiting for this to start, oh yes, I'm convinced finally, Paul. Forget about it. If, the, if that voice is not yours, and you're not beholden to it. Yeah? That's the thing. It sounds like, when it sounds like your voice, you know, in the language of the thoughts, where does that come from? It came from vocal cords out of that object, but you say it's your voice. You don't see the act of being identified? It's constantly, it's the, it's the premier coupling of the whole interpretation is the act of identification. Instead of seeing a body, it's my body. Everything shifts then. Yeah? Thoughts, my thoughts, everything shifts. Everything shifts into another like realm almost. Yeah? And so if the my isn't, if that bridge is removed, then all that meaning, that's just a potential, that's only an impression, can't find expression here. It has to have a way of conveying from non-manifest to manifest, and that's you, in a way. You're the bridge, it always travels over, the sense of being a self. That's why in AA they say you have it by giving it away, yeah? You don't own anything. Once the mind privatizes it, claims it, now you're beholden to its opposite. Yeah? Once you get anything, once you take a position, you'll lose it. Something's going to happen. Once you land, you've got to take off. Yeah? You're not, you can't stay there all the time. Once you think you landed on something, you're going to have to take off from it. Yeah, but in this case, there's no landing and no taking off. It's just what's so. Yeah? With no requirements necessary on your part. You already fulfilled it. You are that. What would you need to convince what you're not to go along with that plan? <laughs> oh. Any questions tonight? <laughs> All right, well, thanks everyone for coming.